Welcome to Stoveside Chat. The chef is ready for your kitchen tour. Please come this way. Thanks, Chef Hong, for joining us, first of all. Uh, let's start with you telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I started, uh, I'm from um, Boulder, Colorado, originally. Um, and I basically kind of fell in love with cooking um, during a high school job uh, that was kind of super random. I didn't know if uh, I was honestly just looking for a, a job. I didn't know if it was going to be in food service or retail or, um, you know, mowing lawns or whatnot. Um, so I just basically uh, went out. I was 15 years old and started handing out resumes to, to different places. And I didn't get a single callback on any, um, <laughs> any industry except for um, this kind of kind of fine dining uh, restaurant in um, at, at the top of uh, Flagstaff Mountain in Boulder, Colorado called the Flagstaff House. Um, and it was super random. And I was going to start as a dishwasher making, um, I think it was like $7 an hour. Um, and I started, uh, they actually really just needed someone for the summer. So I, they put me on Garmage Station, um, which was salad basically just doing salads and, and cold soups and whatnot. Um, and I was a freshman in high school and worked four years, um, basically my whole high school career working at the Flagstaff House restaurant. And I honestly really fell in love with cooking that, uh, that way. Um, I got the opportunity to move around in the kitchen, work fish station and uh, meat station and kind of, you know, it was my first experience um, working in a restaurant and it was super shocking and uh, inspiring and um, I really just fell in love with food and, and creating food um, and then uh, after high school it was kind of a um, pivotal point in terms of do I continue my culinary career uh, or do I go to a normal college I was really I didn't really know what to do I knew that I liked to cook um, but I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it professionally um, so I applied at uh, basically some normal schools as well as uh, like the three top culinary schools in uh, the States. And um, I got into the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park. And uh, I honestly just kind of took a chance and um, uh, went all the way to New York City uh, and went to culinary school for about, I think it was like a two-year program. Um, and then stayed in New York and worked at, at Jean George, um, which was kind of my, it was my second restaurant that I've ever worked in. And I was exposed to like three Michelin stars and it was really, um, you know, awakening. And um, I didn't know that food could be that way. I didn't know that service could be that way. It was just like really inspiring. And um, it definitely made me want to go on this path of fine dining um, and from that moment, um, I wanted to kind of make my way back to the West coast. I was there for a couple of years. Um, and, uh, do, do you want like the long story? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just telling you from like start to finish, yeah. but I mean, if you want a short answer, I can give you a short <laughs> answer. Too. Um, but yeah, so after, um, you know, I put in, uh, like a year and a half at Jean George, 
I um, uh, wanted to go to the West Coast and I had some uh, family and friends in LA. So I went to LA and I just, I wanted to keep on this track of um, fine dining and, and keep on working in, uh, you know, two, three star Michelin uh, environments and, you know, really learn as much as I could. Um, but at the time, this was like 12 years ago, um, the whole industry was different. It was basically like restaurants were making the calls. It was like, uh, uh, it was super hard to get into, um, to a fine dining restaurant. Um, and I ended up just staging at the two places that I really wanted to work. Um, and I was working for free. And, um, this was like the lowest point in my life. I was like living in a closet and like couldn't afford rent and couldn't afford food and, you know, just working and trying to learn as much as I could. And I eventually just like ran out of money and, um, I had to go back home to Colorado um, and move in with my parents after college and after giving LA a shot, it was, <laughs> it was kind of a bummer, but um, I worked at the best, uh, I came back and worked at the best restaurant in Colorado um, just to try to get back on my feet. And then um, through that restaurant, Frosca, I got a connection to Quince restaurant in San Francisco. Um, so I was at, I was basically just home for a summer got back on my feet, saved up a little bit of money to, to move out to a big city again. And I um, had a connection to Quince restaurant, um, which uh, is a three-star Michelin now, um, but a one-star when I was, um, uh, when I started. Um, and that was just, it was so exciting for me to be back in that, um, you know, caliber of a restaurant again after Jean George and taking a couple uh, like a year or so just trying to figure things out, but it was super amazing coming to a big city again, uh, learning as much as I could, um, from this restaurant. Um, and, uh, honestly, that's, that's where I feel like I really, you know, honed in my skills as a cook, uh, was at that restaurant working, you know, when it was at a one with star Michelin restaurant, I was able to, uh, work all the stations versus, now when it's a three, you kind of really start on the bottom and it takes years and years for you to move up. Um, so I learned so much in terms of like Italian cuisine and uh, French cuisine, as well as uh, working with California's bounty, uh, which was a, a total um, new thing for me, just really having the best product uh, possible, uh, which you didn't really get in California. I, I'm sorry, in Colorado. Um, but yeah, uh, that was a big point in my life of, of growth um, and uh, honing in my technique. Um, but uh, it was it was really draining in a sense of um, being overworked and underpaid again, and and I just I couldn't do it. And um, it, it was basically uh, I just couldn't, um, you know, I, I just kind of like after after you put in like three years of working those 14 hour days and those five to six day weeks, uh, your body just needs to break a break and a reset. So I took a little break after that. Um, and I became a, uh, uh, a private chef, uh, for a family here in San Francisco. And, uh, I basically, uh, worked with them, um, for two or so years, uh, traveling and, and cooking for uh, their 
uh, friends and family, but uh, it kind of got caught up to me where it was just, you were kind of by yourself the whole time and it was just repetitive and it wasn't something that I was super passionate about. So on the side, I started to do this little pop-up um, and I did it for three years, um, so 2013 through 16. Um, and this was just this tiny little supper club that I did with a friend who wasn't even in the industry. Um, and we got a sweet deal in Union Square where uh, they were basically like, hey, this restaurant or this hotel's hurting. If you want to do a little concept here, um, just to try to get some traction, you guys can have the place for free. So uh, we moved in and um, basically no one came because no one knew about us, but uh, we were handing menus outside like an uh, like a old school Italian restaurant trying to get people to come in. And over the span of like, I would say a month doing it every, every week, uh, we got some traction. Uh, we had a small little write-up, which helped a lot. Um, and then we kind of just blew up from there and we did that for three years. Our team grew from just two of us to about seven of us. Um, and then we switched to just a tasty menu format. It was, a, it was such a great deal too. It was like $65 um, for like five courses. And it was like kind of this underground supper club. So it had this like feel to it that was just exciting and new uh, all the time and kind of under the radar, which was, which was super fun. Um, but that was kind of the gateway into me opening up Sorrel uh, three years ago, uh, three or four years ago, uh, was through that pop-up with uh, gaining a following and refining my food and uh, uh, conceptualizing a concept. Um, but yeah, I mean, I couldn't open up Sorrel without those pop-up days for, for sure. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it in a nutshell. I know that well, that was a lot from like kind of how I got into cooking to when I opened up the restaurant, but uh, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. So like you said, you grew up in Colorado and you worked in New York, obviously now you're in San Francisco and, and also I guess in LA as well. So was there any sort of major differences or cultural shock when you're going to these different places and how did you manage those things? Um. I mean, I think growing up in Colorado um, just kind of made me such a kind of country boy. And, you know, my, my mom um, and dad lived at the base of a mountain and, um, you know, had open space and parking. So moving to New York City was a huge culture shock for me. Um, it was, you know, night and day from living in Colorado my whole life to a giant city that's full of concrete and everywhere you look, there's a person It's super hard to escape. Um, but at the time I was like, you know, this is so exciting. This is so exciting. This is like, you know, there's so much stuff to do. There's uh, the food, the food scene is unreal here. There's, so at the time, you know, moving to New York city, I thought it was um, super fascinating and amazing, but um I do have to say, uh, like moving to LA was a little bit different, kind of a mixture of like Colorado and, and New York in terms of um, like city and, and open space. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, living in San Francisco, it's still a culture shock to me. And um, I don't know if uh, I'm going to be in a big city for the rest of my life. Um, there's a lot of challenges uh, to living in a big city, but also, um, you know, a lot of benefits in, in terms of um, you know, I, uh, 
a busy city allows a lot of opportunities. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, uh, and also just speaking of like a restaurant um, mentality, it's so different in New York City and San Francisco and Colorado. Um, I feel like a lot of restaurants are similar and there's just a different demeanor um, in the restaurant itself. How do you mean by that? Um, I would say, I, again, like this was like 10 years ago in New York City and I feel like, uh, and also just working in like a three mission star restaurant, it's very firm, um, it's very disciplined. Um, and, um, yeah, it's, it's almost, it's almost like being in the, the, the military, I would say it's very uniform. It's very, um, you know, it, it, everything's on paper. Uh, and then, you know, moving to a restaurant in, in, in California, especially nowadays, um, I feel like there was this drastic change in terms of uh, that old school way of running a restaurant has kind of faded and this new uh, energy of, you know, running a restaurant with positivity and um, having goals for your staff and yourself and for the restaurant um, is like the new way and the better way of doing things. And I think that's, um, you know, that's changed so much um, over time and also uh, I, I would say there's just, and, and again, like I haven't been in New York city in, in a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of like a restaurant culture, um, the West side for me personally has just been a little bit more inviting and a little bit more, um, you know, laid back than these really intense New York city kitchens. All right. It's more of the traditional French sort of brigade regimented yeah absolutely yeah right now speaking of the san francisco or in general west coast i think uh, especially in san francisco a lot of pop-ups throughout the years wow. has become legendary places you know lazy bears or some liho liho yacht club mm -hmm. etc etc so as a younger chef do you look at those stories or restaurants as your inspiration do you research into how they came about or were you more focus on your own way and trying to do your things, you know, trying to blaze your own path. Yeah. Um, I mean, I did, I did the exact same thing that those guys did. Um, and I, like I said, like I couldn't have done it without, you know, starting from the bottom of, uh, you know, having two people trying to get people into this restaurant um, to where I am now. Um, it, it takes time. It takes patience. It takes um, motivation and determination. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think it, it pays off, especially, um, you know, nowadays I, I, I look back and I look at those pop-up days and I look up like, wow, damn, like that was hard. I, I put in a lot of work, um, in terms of planning and like playing restaurant and, and trying to do accounting and all this stuff. And I've learned so much, um, from those days of when I was doing a pop-up and now to, to be in a restaurant owner, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I need to say if it, it, it's a model that works for someone who has nothing um, and it's super inspiring, um, you know, uh, other people uh, like Cezanne and um, Lazy Bear and Leo Leo, um, you know, it, it's, it's line cooks who have put in the time um, and have worked their ass off uh, 
and don't have the capital to open up a million dollar restaurant. And that vessel of using a pop-up is an investment of pretty much nothing. I mean, a little bit of finding the space and having some connections, but uh, putting in the time to like building your brand and, and making a name for yourself and making, meeting connections and all that stuff. And um, it's a great model, like I said, for, for when you don't really have anything. <laughs> I find that interesting. And maybe it has something to do with, especially in San Francisco, the whole startup culture. So mm-hmm. you can sort of, make your own way and meet people network and help build your own to your point your own brand your own restaurant your own place yeah yeah and you see it more and more these days uh people young talented chefs um who are you know a star at their at at their restaurant who are like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna do my own thing and i'm gonna do a pop-up and I'm going to get some fundraising and I'm going to uh, eventually turn it into a restaurant. Um, and I, 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 yeah, I mean, like over the past five years, I, I know at least five people who have gone that route. <laughs> right. And have they have a lot of experience in restaurants or are they more of a home chef that decided they wanted to do restaurants? Yeah, I would, I would say it's definitely, I think it's just ambitious cooks who, uh, you know, don't want to work, work under someone for the rest of their lives. And, you know, they want to make a name for themselves. And, um, I think that's, uh, I think it's it's super inspiring. Um, and I hope, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, this industry has so many outlets of ways that you can go. Um, but, uh, yeah, for those who, you know, want to, want to, do their own business and concept. I think the pop-up model um, is a perfect place to start. Yeah, that makes sense. So many, especially I think to your point, maybe the last five, 10 years, you have the pop-ups, you have food trucks, you have all kinds of partnerships. Maybe you're working with other chefs so a lot more opportunities and outlets that you can grow if that's what you wanted to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about your interior of the restaurants just now. So uh, yeah, it seems like it's a very sort of simple and tasteful uh, decor, I guess, ambience. Mm-hmm. So is that a part of your food? How do you think about food? Or how do you try to present your experience to your customers as well? Yeah, um, I think like, so we built the restaurant in um, 2017, 2018, and that was the most exciting time of my life. Um was to find a space and it took about a year and a half to find, find this restaurant, um, or find the perfect fit. Uh, but, um, designing the restaurant, um, with me and, and my partner Colby, um, was so fun because first off, it's something that I've never done before. Um, so there was a lot of challenges in that, but, uh, it was also so fun to just have an idea and to hire this collection of general contractors and make it happen. Um, when we moved in, we didn't really do anything to the kitchen because the kitchen was pretty pristine, but the whole front of the house we gutted and, um, you know, we basically made a mood board and created, um, like basically like went to Pinterest and like made all these like cool things that we really liked. And then we hired like a glass blower, a woodworker, an electrician, a steel guy. And we 
basically all got together and um, we created this place. And um, I mean, that was amazing. Like just, you know, we were tiling, we were painting, we were chopping wood, like we were doing all this stuff ourselves, um, you know, just to, just to trying to cut costs for the restaurant. That's yeah. That's probably one of the things that, especially in, in this environment, obviously you built it a, a few years back, but to make sure the operations and business side makes sense is probably one of the challenges, especially nowadays. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, from that, I guess my question is, you know, your food is more sort of Italian influenced uh, with sort of a Californian ingredients and, and take on things so how did you arrive to that sort of cuisine um i think it was an inspiration of places that i worked um you know learning working at uh, jean george learning some like really cool uh, ingredients with some asian um influences and french techniques uh and then some influences from quince with handmade pastas and um working with uh, San Francisco's bounty. Um, but then, uh, yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, this restaurant is changing and evolving constantly. And I think it's a completely different restaurant than it was three years ago in terms of, um, the food. I think the style is similar, but it's just gotten a little bit more refined and a little bit more delicate. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, there's a really strong team here right now. And, you know, we all put our heads together and, and go to the market and, and figure out um, how to conceptualize uh, a dish. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, I get inspiration from places that I eat, um, as well as books and social media. And then honestly, just from um, the team uh, that I have working here right now is everyone has a super creative mind. And uh, we just actually finished a menu meeting today, but um, we meet once a week and kind of, you know, have a mood board and, and put a dish together and talk about the next menu and what uh, didn't work and what worked and all that. Um, but yeah, that, that's one of the most exciting parts about cooking is creating something. For sure. And I guess you touched on that topic where building a menu. So how does that work at uh, Sorrel? Is it more a team effort or is it something that you kind of direct the the idea and the and the direction mm-hmm. um so basically we um we change the menu every six weeks um completely um and then three weeks prior to changing that is when we like start putting stuff on paper um and it starts off with like a protein um so so for instance like uh whoever we're working with um, will choose either like squab or guinea hen or duck or beef or pork or uh, bass or salmon or something like that. We'll pick a protein and that's kind of like the first step. Uh, uh, what do we want to serve as like the main item? And if it's not a protein, it'll be like a vegetable that we'll highlight, but um, we'll start off with one ingredient that um, is kind of like the highlight of the dish. And then we'll work around that idea. Uh, ingredient uh, with what's kind of in season. Um, So for instance, like uh, next month, we're doing guinea hen. Um, So we'll go to the market and then we'll talk to our farmers. Hey, what's going to be like the highlight? Um, What are you going to be growing uh, in 
three weeks that'll last for six weeks. What, what is going to be that product? And we'll take that product and then we'll break it down uh, a little bit further of how we're going to, um, how, you know, what's the technique that we're going to cook it at? What are we going to mix it with? What are we going to, uh, you know, pair it with and all this stuff. Um, but yeah, I would say it's, it starts out with the idea of an ingredient and then the next meeting is stuff that pairs with it. And then how are we going to uh, bring it all together? Cool. So there is kind of a process that you guys go through for each change in the menu. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a team right now, a management team of four of us. It's the chef de cuisine and the two sous chefs who are, are kind of um, uh, the brain power of, of the menu. I see, nice. So a little bit outside the kitchen. So obviously there's a lot of demand when you're working, but what do you like to do outside of the kitchen? Um, I, I mean, like I said, I, I'm not like, I'm, I'm not a city boy and uh, I, I love getting out um, in nature. And um, I think honestly, every single uh, week on my days off, I'm, I'm leaving the city and, going on hikes or uh, getting out to like a watering hole or something like that. Um, I do love to travel. I know it's hard with, uh, you know, my current um, industry and, and career, but uh, I'd love to escape and, and to go to different uh, places and countries and whatnot. So, um, I mean, that's where I think I get a lot of um, ideas and inspiration is, is going to a completely different place that I know nothing about and, and learning from there. And is there any particular destination you want to go once everything goes back to somewhat normal? Um, I mean, uh, I'm trying to plan a trip to go to Vietnam slash Thailand in like November. So I've always wanted to go to Asia. I've never gone to Asia. So uh, that would be pretty special if that happens. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that go to Thailand and, and Vietnam comes back and just yeah. talks about the food <laughs> all the time. Yeah. <laughs> very uh, very different approach to sort of the North American or European approach to food, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then for yourself, what's your favorite dish at Sorrel and where do you go out to eat in the city? Um, so I think like we have two dishes that have been on the menu um since day one uh our oysters and sorrel has been on the menu our, our our focaccia as well has been on the menu but our kind of dish that like people come back for is uh the dry aged duck um so we dry age it for about two weeks and then lacquer it with honey and fennel seed and fennel pollen so we kind of always have that on the menu and then that dish kind of changes throughout the seasons yeah i read an interview actually with uh the poultry provider with yourself oh yeah um the one with uh what's her name um sonoma county control uh, Liber liberty ducks yeah uh yeah yeah that was <laughs> yeah we've been yeah. we've had an account with them since day one and they they deliver like 70 per week um but yeah um <laughs> that's the that gets shows the partnership that you guys have with your with your offenders yeah yeah <laughs> that's cool um probably the last couple questions thanks for chef Hong for being with us um yeah 
any exciting new developments coming up soon? I know obviously, you know, with the reopening, I guess just recently for San Francisco, that's one thing, but anything else that you guys yeah. on? Um, yeah, actually, uh, we have a super exciting development that's happening. Um, we're like remodeling the whole kitchen. Um, so it's going to be, we're basically gutting the whole kitchen and we're getting new stovetops, we're getting a new pass, uh, we're getting new equipment. Um, and uh, we're, it's basically just going to change the flow of service. And then we're also going to like reinvest in um, new plateware and glassware and just make it a little bit more elevated and um, special. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited because I haven't touched the kitchen and in a couple of years. So this whole remodel is just going to change everything. And um, it's honestly going to be really, really exciting. So improving the workflow and how things work. With yeah. Yeah. Just improving everything, honestly, the workflow, the, the way that um, we cook. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, besides that, um, we, we do some fun events um, every year that I look forward to. Uh, I'm doing this event uh, next Saturday called Outstanding in the Field, which is basically uh, it's 180 people in the middle of the woods, basically, and I cook on fire, um, basically just on fire. So that's going to be a fun event. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Hi. Hey, it sounds like it's uh, relaxing, but also stressful too. I guess you have to yeah. manage both sides. <laughs> uh, and then the final question. So what would you say is your ultimate goal in terms of kitchen or restaurant? I think um, my first goal is um, to make this place the best that I feel like I, I can make it. And, um, you know, I think this restaurant um, still has potential to, to, to be better. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I'd love to eventually, you know, maybe do another concept. I don't know what that might be. Um, but, uh, you know, this is my baby and I really want, um, I really want to see where this place goes. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who really love to work here and a lot of people who really have the same dream of like, um, you know, either going for two stars or, um, you know, just refining the service and, and, and making the food a little bit more special, um. So, yeah, I think going down that path of, um, you know, just making this restaurant uh, shine and, and be better is, is my number one priority. Nice. I can imagine that's a very exciting situation for someone that's, you know, a young chef that wants to become, you know, a position, maybe eventually like an owner like yourself, but mm -hmm. gaining this, the skills and the ability to really look at all the different things you can improve, you know, you obviously mm -hmm. gain the, the one star, which is obviously great. To see, yeah. But there's the next step of, Oh, what's what we're going to do next and how do we improve things further that way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions I have for you, Chef Hong. Thanks again for uh, being with us. Cool. And thank you so much for having me. Appreciate yeah. it. And hopefully uh, I'll get to visit you guys soon. Sounds good. All right. All right. Take care. See ya. Bye. Bye.